We are in week 10 in the book of Colossians. Uh, We are moving through the book of Colossians at a more rapid rate than we move through the book of Mark. Praise the Lord. And actually, if I could go back and redo it, I would rather spend more time in the book of Colossians than in Mark, but that's okay. Week 10 this week, we are into the nitty-gritty. Listen, we taught you a lot of theology for about the first seven to eight weeks. There was a lot of things that we needed to know. There are some truths, that, some doctrinal truths that we needed in order to move forward. The most important one is that when we became a believer in Jesus, that our old nature and our old man and who we were died. It was mortified, it was killed, and we became a new creation. The Holy Spirit came to dwell within us. As Tim mentioned earlier, this, uh, earlier this, today, we, we were given the righteousness of God in Christ. It's called the great exchange. Our filthiness and our unrighteousness for his righteousness. That's actually a truth that we need to understand about the gospel is that Jesus didn't just come to save you from your sin, but he came to give you his righteousness. That's an incredible truth. And so Paul spent the beginning of this chapter in chapter 3 uh, talking about that. And so we talked about brand new man two weeks ago. Last week we said because we're brand new people, we should have brand new lives, brand new lifestyles. Because we are new and we've been made new, there are some things that we should do and there are some things that we should cease from doing. If you are one of those people that are like, Josh, I wish you named and talked about sin more from behind the pulpit. Go listen to last Sunday's sermon if you weren't here. We talked about everything that was on Paul's list. But because of our new creation and our new nature, there's some things we should do and some things we should not do. Now, those motivations ought to be right and ought to be motivated by grace and not law. So we get here today. Our text is in Colossians 3. And we arrive here. Do you remember the parable that Jesus presented as a part of the Sermon on the Mount? Sermon on the Mount takes place in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. In Matthew 7, as he's kind of winding down that sermon, he gives the parable about the wise and the foolish builders. And certainly there are many, many more prevalent lessons that we need to learn from that parable than this. But have we ever considered that maybe it was important to Jesus that they were building houses? They weren't building farms. They weren't building church buildings. They were building homes. The illustration he used. Building houses. Jesus chose the house, I believe, because it's the most important dwelling that one can possess. His house. His home. It's home to the family, a place of physical protection and serves as a place of personal rest and private refuge. By the way, I hope no matter how nice or not nice your house happens to be, I hope that you can find personal rest and refuge at your house. My wife, our house is her private refuge. I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, we don't have a lot of people over to our house. We go out to eat with a lot of people. You know, because I love food. Um, But we don't have a ton of people over to the house. You want to know why? Because my wife loves the fact that our house is like her, kind of her personal refuge. 
and other people are different. Now, I mean, look, I got people in this church, I could text you and be like, hey, I'm on the way over, I'll be there in three minutes. And you're like, come on, like Francis be like, come on, we got something on the grill right now, that's perfect, let's do it. Right, but it's just different. But, but everybody's home, there's an element there of like comfort. There's an element there of like, when no one else is there, kick your shoes off and prop your feet up. And There's an element of, I'll take care of that in the morning. Because it's your home. It's your house. The house, in essence, represents the totality of your life. The people that you love the most either live there now or lived there. Jesus was making the point that building your house or your family or your life on anything but Jesus is futile. And that's what we're going to talk about today. This brand new man, this brand new person has a brand new lifestyle and so it should equate to having a brand new family. Brand new families. Let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, there's not a topic that is more important to me personally in the stage of life that I'm in right now than this topic. God, I love my family. I pray today that you would guide my words, that it would be your words that would be spirit-led and spirit-filled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. If you have your Bibles, that's great. You can look on there. If you don't, open up an app. If you don't, follow along on the screen. We got you covered, no matter what. Y'all ready for this? All right, here we go. That's how it starts, verse 18. I'm just kidding. Y'all ready for this? Verse 18, y'all ready for this? Wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Y'all ready for this? Verse 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged Josh we're here we preached through the book of Ephesians we already talked about this before but I was mad when we got to this point in the book of Ephesians I was out and I think Jeff preached this part and y'all know Jeff's mean so Jeff preached this way meaner I'm just kidding he is he well he is kind of mean but um he preached this he was he preached this passage and this has been a few years ago and I was like, as I was uh, getting prepared and different things, I'm going to be out on vacation coming up here. And I'm like, I'm going to make sure that I adjust to where I can preach on the family. And here's why. Because I think it's very important. I believe it's very important that we have a biblical understanding of the family. As you've noticed in these short verses, we address the husband and the wife relationship. And we address the child and the parent. Kind of the whole circle there of the family. And so I want us to see, first of all, this morning, I want us to see loving instruction for wives. Loving instruction, by the way, all of these are loving instruction. So loving instruction for wives, and it is verse 18, that wives should submit to your husbands as it is fitting, as is fitting in the Lord. By the way, my purpose in addressing this verse is not to somehow try to explain away what seems to be clearly taught. You're not, man, I've already started. You're not in a church this morning that because of the cultural pressure says, well, I know it's obvious that the Bible says this, 
But because of the way culture is, and it's 2022, I'm going to need to figure out this way all the way over here, and I'm going to go through here and back through here and back through here and back through here and weasel my way around this so that you'll leave here going, man, Josh gets it, man. Josh is relevant, and he's not, he didn't say anything today that could have possibly been taken the wrong way. That's not me. My goal today is not to dance around. Also, my goal today is not to be an idiot. My goal today is also to contextually explain what I believe Paul is teaching. Unfortunately, our modern culture and our modern churches seem to dance around teaching to husbands and wives for fear, let's be honest, of offending ladies inside the church. I'm a pastor. I'm in these groups of private Facebook groups and private groups of pastors. And they don't want to offend women in the church. So they're going to take this verse and they're going to be like, I'm going to dance. And they dance for 30 minutes. And I'm not going to dance, right? Y'all don't want to see that. But I promise you this, my goal and nor the goal of Paul is to offend ladies. So let me do this. Let me quantify this teaching with a couple of facts that I believe we must understand this morning. So listen to me before we really speak of this. This teaching is based upon a biblical family concept. Okay? That is the concept where the husband and the wife both love Jesus and where the husband owns his role to love with a Christ-like love. Let me repeat that. This is a, a family concept where the husband and wife both love Jesus and where the husband owns his role to love with a Christ-like love. And we're going to get there. I believe that there are times when a wife and a lady should, this is my opinion, there are times when she should follow Christ and his teachings if she is being led to the contrary to Christ by her husband. Now once again, you, we can agree to disagree on that. But I believe that there are times that we are called, that's why Jesus speaks, that there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's, neither, uh, there's no more family, because it's Christ. I do believe there are times if you're being led in direct, uh, contrary to, to Scripture and to God's Word, that I believe you should follow Christ. So this teaching is based upon a biblical family concept. Family concept. This teaching requires understanding of biblical Order. Listen to me carefully this morning. In any organization, i.e. the home, there must be a leader and there must be those who are willing to submit to leadership. Let me, by show of hands this morning, how many of you in your work place, wherever you work, if you work in a workplace, how many of you, you answer to somebody? Raise your hand. You answer to somebody at your job. Okay, you, you know what? Do you know what that means? That we could say, Tim, submit yourself to your board. Nathaniel, submit yourself to your supervisor. Brandon, <laughs> only because I love you. I know, man, I know. He's a UPS driver, man. Pray for them guys. Uh <laughs> <laughs> in every organization there's an order if there weren't an order in every organization 
that would be chaos. It would be chaotic. So we must understand in this teaching, biblical order. There's biblical order at your job. There's biblical order in our social communities. Oh, people hate it when you say this. There's order in the political culture. There's order in churches. Not Look, y'all crazy if you think you want to take come up here every Sunday and preach. Y'all don't want to do that. I promise you, you don't want to do that. And if you do, man, let me know. We'll talk. Um, Does everybody understand that? And biblical order is if there are two people involved in this organization, the home, one of them, the buck needs to stop with one of them. One of them needs to lead. I mean, literally, I disagree with everyone. So, like, if I disagree with everyone, like, somebody needs to lead there. I either need to lead or I need to shut up. I disagree with myself from two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it is what it is. So, like, if there's two people present in an organization, there needs to be order. Okay, so this teaching requires understanding of biblical order. This teaching also requires an honest view of submission. Once again, listen to me very carefully here. Sometimes we think of the word submission, and the first thing we think of, Sam, is MMA. We think of submission, and we think of, like, I do not want to tap out. And that guy is on top, and he's got your arm wrapped around your ankle, and, and you're like, I'm not going to do it. And he's like, yes, you are, and I'm not going to do it, and yes, you are. And you're like, you're right, I am. And you tap out, right? Uh, if you're like me, honestly, when I think of submission, that's one of the first things I think about is like a, so, doing something forced against your will. And so we must have, a, I believe, a, a proper, honest view of submission. This is not something that is forced against the will of another. This is the biblical form of submission is a willful subjection of yourself to someone else in order for there to be clarity and unity. Okay? It is a willful subjection of yourself to someone else in order for there to be clarity and unity. So, we understand that when we're speaking of submission. This teaching does not mean that husbands are to dominate their wives and that wives are to have no opinions of their own. This does not mean that wives are to blindly follow their husbands. Absolutely not. May I say this? A husband that will not love his wife like Christ loved the church but requires his wife to submit to him, you know what that's called? Abuse. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. A husband that requires submission of his wife without leading and loving like Jesus is abusive. And that is in no way the expectation that is given here by Paul. So what does this mean? This means that in biblical order, God has chosen in a normal family environment... Okay, in a normal family environment, in a family environment where you have two people that love Jesus, God has chosen the husband to lead the family. The buck stops with him. And by the way, we're about to get to that, husbands. But that, we ought to take that seriously. That the buck stops there. The husband should ensure that what is best for the family takes place. Listen to me. The husband should ensure that what is best 
for the family take place. Hear me out. Oftentimes what is best for the family is for the wife to lead in a lot of the areas. Am I dumb? Or am I right? Ladies, you can say something today, this morning. There we go. Listen, sir, if you are horrible at your finances, you need to submit to your wife. And you need to do what's best for your family and hand those over to your wife. Hey, listen, if... This isn't about, I ain't even own the husbands yet. Husbands, if you discipline your kids out of anger, and can we just talk straight? Sometimes you're like, I may have crossed the line right there. Maybe you need to submit and do what's best for your family. That's leading. And you need to give that over to your wife. Submission. So, so leading the family as a husband is doing what's best for the family. Sometimes that means that the wife submits to her husband in the biblical order because the man leads out in that and it's perfectly great and perfectly fine. Doesn't mean there's no discussion. It doesn't mean that they don't sit down and talk about it. It doesn't mean that sometimes those discussions don't get heated. But it means that if in certain areas that the man should definitely lead. But it also means that the man should understand when there's areas that he shouldn't. My wife and I... When we got married, we were trying to figure out the whole financial thing. And we came to a conclusion that one of the two of us needs to be in charge of the finances. It doesn't need to be a joint effort. It needs to be one of the two of us. And so we decided upon that. And so in those areas, one of us submits to the other. It's just the way it is. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, which is the companion passage, Paul wrote both of these letters from the same uh, imprisonment in Rome. We're instructed to submit to one another in the fear of God. But ladies, we can't dance around the clear teaching here. And may I say this and say this very clearly. If you have a husband who loves and fears the Lord, you should willfully submit to his leadership. As someone who's been in leadership now in a church, and there's actually something really freeing about submitting to someone else's leadership. For 11 of the 16 years that I've served in ministry, I was not the lead pastor. You know what? Every now and then, multiple times a week, I think of, man, remember back in the day when like the buck didn't stop here? You remember when I was like, hey, Pastor Tool, you need to deal with this. This is outside of my realm. You know how many times I think that? Like, take the pressure off, man. Let me rewind eight years. And, oh, you called for this. Let me get you over here to this guy. You called for this. This lady right over here is going to help you. Like, there's something freeing about that. And wives, may I say this morning, if you have a husband who loves and fears God, submit. That doesn't mean you're blindly loyal. That doesn't mean you're like, whatever you say, that's what we'll do. No, 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 no. But just Submit. If it comes down to it, just say, I trust you that you're leading our family because I believe you love the Lord and you fear the Lord. And I believe you're led by the Spirit of the Lord. And so when it comes down to it, even if I disagree on this, you know what? Okay, we got to choose one of the two. I will. Now, husbands, we've already hit you, man. We're about to hit you again, guys. Get ready. So we had loving instruction for wives. Was I clear on submission there? I believe, I believe we tried to give a biblical take on that. 
But secondly, men, loving instructions for husbands. Loving instruction for husbands. By the way, if you're wondering where this church stands, we believe that it's very clear in this and many, 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 many other passages of Scripture that biblical marriage is between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. I believe this is another place where it's clearly taught. So here we clearly have a distinction of wives in verse 18, husbands in verse 19. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. If this wives living in submission and subjection to their husbands is going to work properly, if this is going to be a biblical family, if this is going to be a brand new family, then the husband must follow the biblical prompting and teaching of leadership in his role. A husband cannot ignore or abuse his God-given role as a leader. If men ignore the passionate love and care that God has instructed for them to have for their wives, then the submission thing does not work. I will repeat myself from earlier. Men, if you ignore loving your wives as you're instructed in this verse, but you require them to submit to you, that is abuse. That is abuse. Men, we must take this role and we must be passionate about it. We must accept it. And men who claim to be followers of Jesus this morning, may I say this very clearly, that God has called you and commanded you to love your wife and to be gentle with her, to treat her with respect, and to honor her. Sometimes we're a little brash. I say a little because my wife's not in here, but a lot. She's in the kids today, making them kids submit. Um, be gentle with them. Hey, that means when you had a bad day at work and you show up, I don't know if anybody works out of the home anymore, but if you come home from work, those of you that actually go out to work, if you come home from work and you've had a bad day, and you're anything other than gentle, and you're anything other than kind. In fact, Ephesians, once again in the parallel passage over in Ephesians chapter 5, what does it tell the, the husbands? To love their wives how? As Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. We need a revival in the church. We need a revival in Christianity. We need a revival in our homes of husbands who are actually madly in love with their wives. Husbands who love their wives. Husbands who will still pursue their wives instead of pursuing that emotional relationship and friendship at work. Husbands who will take their marriage seriously instead of taking their hobbies more seriously. We need a revival in the church of husbands who love their wives. Take them out to dinner. Buy them something. Here's one. I'm not, I'm not going to use myself all the time as good illustrations here. Y'all know I, I use myself as bad illustrations a lot. 
But uh, I, think, I think it was Hannah or Sherry or both of y'all. They sent me this Kate Spade surprise link. Oh, yeah, it was both of y'all. Yeah, Hannah sent to Sherry. Sherry said, hey, yeah, whatever. So this is what I did. It was for no reason. But I bought my wife another, not a, another Kate Spade bag. As if she needed another one. But I got her one. And when, it, when I gave it to her, she was like, what is this for? You know what my answer was? No reason. I promise you, like, that won me so many points. Like, for no reason. What do you mean for no reason? We didn't have a fight or anything. No. You know what I've also found about Kate Spade? Surprise sale. You can't call it a surprise sale when you send me an email five times a week with a new surprise sale. Like, surprise me and don't put it on sale. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not surprise anymore. Surprise, you have another inbox uh, from Kate Spade. But I'm 16 years into this thing. It's easy for me to say, she knows I love her. She knows. I mean, we've been together for, she knows I love her. We're good. We'll, I'll t- I'll, we'll, we'll take care of that later. We'll do it later. Yeah, yeah. Can't, I'm going to get way down here with y'all. Yeah, you know, we'll do that church thing, and we'll just reschedule what, what, we were, what I was going to do with you. Like, it's all good. Yeah, you know, I, I, know, I know that we said we were going to do this. I know I was going to take you out to lunch today. But Brent texted me. I'm just kidding. I've never done that, bro. I promise you. I've never chosen you ever my wife. But, but Brent and Drew texted me. I, I mean, we've been, we, we're fine. Like, we, we, 16 years, we're good. Men, we need to love our wives. Some people need to fall back in love with their wives. And I find it interesting in Scripture that the teaching is very clear to the husbands to love their wives. And not necessarily command on the other way. It's because I believe if we love our wives, she will reciprocate that love. Find out what makes her tick. And by the way, men, if you used to know what made her tick, if you used to know what got to her heart, maybe you need to get to know her again. I went through a phase of our marriage where like, I had no clue what to buy my wife anymore. And I needed to fix that. Because I used to be really good at that. Learn about her. The wife you knew four years ago might be different than the wife today. Instead, you know what we seem to have in our society? We seem to have a bunch of men who want to ignore their wives on a consistent basis, but then expect submission. And that's not biblical. We should be arrested and focused on the love that Jesus has for us, men. And in turn, we take that love and we transfer it into our leadership, in our families, and in our homes. Because we're building brand new families and i got to move quick. If that's all we got to today, there needs to be a revival in our churches of men who love their wives as Christ commands and ladies who reciprocate that into willful, loving submission. Because you know what? That's how the wheel turns. That's how we get this thing 
going. Thirdly, loving instruction for children. I'm not going to spend a ton of time here today. But children, obey your parents in the things that you feel that they got right. For this pleases the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the things that you feel like at that moment. Obeying them in, for this pleases the Lord. Now, y'all are good. Y'all can read, right? Alyssa, you got this? All right, cool. Children, I, I got you, Randy. I got you. All right. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. I want to address this at two different angles this morning. Children, teenagers in this room today, listen very closely. You are instructed, may I say commanded, by God's word to obey your parents. It's very clear. You are commanded and instructed from God's word to obey your parents. In fact, one of the few things in scripture that pleases the Lord. That pleases the Lord when you as a child, as a teenager, that's under the umbrella of the authority of your parents, when you obey them. This does not mean that you debate in your mind whether or not you want to obey. It means that you obey. But I don't obey. But what? Obey. But shut up. Obey. But the other angle here, and I think this is just as important, <clears throat> some of you young parents who you allow culture to dictate the way you parent instead of the Bible dictate the way you parent, y'all get ready. You must understand, parents, that God has empowered you to, listen to this word, require obedience from your children. The expectation should be that your children will obey you. We have way too many parents who set the expectation level at next to zero. We have way too many parents who make excuses for their kids as to why they struggle to obey. We have way too many parents who do not set the expectation where the Bible sets the expectation. And I am convinced this morning that children who are not expected to obey their parents will not obey their parents. I don't know if I can get any clearer than that. Children, you are to obey your parents. Parents, you are to require obedience from your children. That even means when they get older, I've got a 13-year-old who is in 100% middle school 13-year-old mode, and I am to require obedience. It might look a little bit different than it did when she was three. The bribes get different. More expensive. <clears throat> But may I say this, just as the wife and husband relationship will not work without the husband committing to his role, this parent-child relationship will not work either unless the parents commit to the fourth part, 
loving instruction for parents. Verse 21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. I think it's worth noting here that fathers are specifically called out. And if you look at the original language, it was definitely to fathers. It didn't say parents. And may I say this morning, I do believe that we have a, an absolute vacancy in our country. A fatherless epidemic in this country. Men who don't, mm, men who don't mind getting someone pregnant but do not want to take responsibility for raising that child in the ways of Jesus. Certainly, there are many times when the mother needs to lead in the instruction of the child. Once again, guys, as you lead your home, that's wise, that's wisdom. But the buck stop, the leadership role, the biblical order, Paul says, fathers, lead your kids well. Lead your sons. Lead your daughters. Don't stir your kids up. Provoke them. Do not create chaos in their lives. Do not Lead them down a road that will end in unrighteousness. Do not provoke your children, what does the King James say, to wrath. You say, how do we do that? Man, we... If we're not careful, dads, in the way we, what we say and the way we say things and the environment and the culture that we create inside of the four walls of our home, we can create animosity... We could create a negative spirit. We could create rebellion. Have you ever considered that the way you speak about authority in your life around your kids is provoking them? And fathers, I say this, we should not simply strive to not mess anything up. We ought to be on the offense here. We ought to bring our children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord as we are commanded. And if we are to provoke our children, may our provocation this morning be to love Jesus with all their hearts, with all their souls, and with all their minds. You see, if we're going to have brand new families inside of Keystone Church, it's going to be because husbands love their wives and they're not harsh with them. It's going to be because wives reciprocate back in willful submission. It's going to be because fathers, and I will just say for context, parents, but I'm not going to just say parents, I will say fathers, will not provoke our children. We won't discourage them, we'll encourage them, we won't provoke them. And in return, children will obey their parents because this pleases the Lord. In order for the wife's role to be played out biblically, the husband must play his role biblically. In order for the children's role to be played out 
biblically, the parents and fathers' roles must be played out biblically. In the same way as a husband would not love his wife but require submission from his wife would be abusive, in the same way I believe a parent that would require obedience from a child and not give loving instruction and provoking them to write, I believe that is also abusive. We need brand new families. But brand new families come from brand new people. Brand new husbands. Brand new wives. Brand new children. That have been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And maybe some of us that have been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, today we need to say, hey listen, I'm going to start living in my calling. I've been called to be a husband. And I'm going to live in that calling. I've been called to be a wife, and I'm going to live in that calling. I've been called to be a parent, and I'm going to step into that calling in a biblical way. I've been called in my role right now in this season of life to be a child. I'm going to step into that role in submission to my parents, the authority God has given me. Folks, this works. Our culture cannot comprehend this. A godless culture cannot comprehend this. But this works if it's, if it's followed If the biblical mandate and the biblical plan is followed on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, this works. It's not as crazy as people would think it is. Our culture is in desperate need of godly biblical families. And you're not going to find biblical families outside of biblical churches. And I believe we're a biblical church. And so I'm challenging you in a biblical church this morning to step into your role, whatever your role is, in a biblical family. Because we need a church full of brand new families. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.